What do the Velvet Underground, the Cars, and Talking Heads all have in common? Probably a lot of things, but for the sake of this intro, what they have in common is a little proto-punk group known as the Modern Lovers. The original band lined up was fronted by Jonathan Richman and included drummer David Robinson, who would later go on to join the Cars, and keyboardist Jerry Harrison, who would later become a part of Talking Heads. In 1972, the Modern Lovers held two demo sessions, the first of which was produced by John Cale, a founding member of the Velvet Underground. During these demo sessions, the band recorded several songs that would eventually receive critical acclaim, but that wouldn't happen until 1976, two years after the band officially broke up. Critic Ira Robbins hailed the Modern Lovers' eponymous album as, quote, one of the truly great art rock albums of all time, quote. That's end quote. That's what you say at the end of quote, not quote again. And the songs went on to influence several key punk rock acts, including the Sex Pistols, who covered the song Roadrunner on their album The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. Punk rockers weren't the only ones who took note of the modern lover's sound. One of the most influential musicians of the 20th century, David Bowie, took a liking to the band so much that he released a cover of one of their other hit songs. Originally intended for the Pinups 2 project, intended as a sequel to his 1973 covers album Pinups, this song, along with George Harrison's Try Some, Buy Some, was added on to his 2003 album Reality. That's right, we're starting our month-long celebration of David Bowie by talking about the modern lover's Pablo Picasso on Cover Bowie. Oh, Picasso, you could walk down your street Girls could not resist the stare And so Pablo... That's right! It's Cover Bowie, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, and compares them against one another to find out if any version is good as the David Bowie one. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my big log of a co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Yep. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm lying down. I'm on fire. I'm a log. You are lying down on fire. You're a log. Somebody's got a camera on you. I make large graphs with large ranges in higher values uh, become linear. A, a I'm logarithm. A <laughs> <laughs> you are a log, Alex. Alex, <laughs> what do you? I was gonna call it "Cover Me Pinups," but I thought that was a hat on a hat. Like our our picture is already picture is already pinups. Um, it all works. It's all good. It's all good. Cover all good. Bowie. Tech, like like Bowie and me kind of like rhyme, right? Bowie so I think like that's and me. It ends Bowie. in the same like vowel sound. Yeah. Even though there's like several different ways you could say Bowie that I've heard mm -hmm. people say Bowie, it all ends in E. That's right. Alex, it's January. Sure is. D don't let anyone tell you different. It is January and I'm glad all our problems Bowie. are gone now that it's no longer 2020. Hell yeah, that dude. Was a we're wild all vaccinated. Ride. It was a wild ride. We're out. We're done. We're having fun in the sun. Impressive that global now, temperatures have cooled by so much in the last week. Yeah. It's been it's been pretty wild. Um Alex, it's January. We're talking about Dave Bowie because Dave Bowie was born in January. Did you he know was. that, Alex? I did know that. You knew that. Because I remember he died like two days after his birthday. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Let's see here. Which is when so he, he released was born on Black Star. Yeah, back in the day. born on January eighth, died on January tenth. Yeah. Of course, another famous musician born on January eighth, Elvis Presley. Mm. So because I think because my we, uh, sister has yeah. several friends who have that birthday as well. 
Is your sister friends with David Bowie and Elvis Presley? I mean, they are both still alive, so yes. Yes, naturally. Excellent. So yeah, we're going to be talking about David Bowie stuff all month. Um, We're probably, uh, the format we've loosely discussed is two songs that David Bowie has covered, and then two David Bowie originals we're going to talk about. What those are yet, we don't know, except for this week, we're talking about Pablo Picasso, a song that I honestly thought was a David Bowie cover until I stumbled upon the original on Spotify. Yeah, I think I only know it's a cover because you told me it was. So. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, although, uh, admittedly, I haven't listened to reality that much compared to a lot of other David Bowie albums. So yeah, it wasn't I was a song not, uh, I thought about a lot. Right, fair enough. Not a high-priority Bowie album by any means. Still a good one, if you ask me. But I mean, I like most Bowie albums. I think there's a lot of good stuff on like Heathen, which is right before this. Oh, yeah. So I, I I like Heathen too. Out. Yeah, it's uh we're diehard Bowie fans though, so we'll probably any Bowie album you're like, should I listen to this? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Should I listen to tonight? I'm like, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, listen to tonight. Have an '87 and cry. I actually don't remember which album that's on. <laughs> that's off. Never Did let it never me let down. me down. Ah, yeah. Tonight has more like island vibes to it. It's like it's approaching reggae. I gotta. Check those out a little bit more intensely at some there's point. There's some, there's some gold in there. It's I mean, not all bad. Yeah, I just, yeah, they're not separate in my mind, and they will be one day. Oh, you'll get it. You'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> my favorite is always the Glass Spider song from Never Let Me Down. Oh, yes, because it opens up with like a minute and a half of just David Bowie reading poetry about a, a fictional breed of spider. <laughs> it's, almost, there's a. Black Widow song um, by Alice Cooper, which is kind of oh, like yeah. it also starts with a spoken also word. Also has intro. that, yeah. Anyway, that's that's something. Good note. So you didn't think much about Pablo Picasso, Alex? Did you do any research on the Modern Lovers? There's not too much to know about. Yeah, them. they weren't around for very long. You kind of covered like they have several members who went on to be part of large groups or contribute to more famous groups. Uh, the lead singer slash like frontman guy. Uh, Jonathan Richmond. Jonathan Richmond has been like a solo artist, I think, mostly since then, and yeah, partially toured as the Modern yeah. Lovers, I think, or Jonathan. Richmond yeah, so we had Jonathan Lovers. Richmond and the Modern Lovers, which is a different band. Um, I'd be curious to hear it. Apparently, they have a much softer sound than what we hear on this album, which has been called Proto Punk, and obviously has a lot of like Velvet Underground influence. I've looked at some YouTube comments. People are like, "Oh, it sounds like the Doors, kind of. It sounds like this band a bit." It's like, yeah, it's that. That early rock and roll that was, like, art rock, I guess, is what you would call it. Yeah, it's definitely... Or, I mean, I, I listened to a little bit of his stuff just because, like, it came up on Spotify after this playlist ended, and I forgot to say loop. Um, and it's it's a lot more, like, folky, like, acoustic mm. guitar. But it's still, like... Yeah, I read he actually just does that. Different. He plays exclusive, exclusively an acoustic now to protect his ears. Yeah, I don't blame that. I don't blame him for that. I I am always worried about my ears getting damaged. Like yeah, that's like a big fear of mine is hearing damage. Yeah, I unfortunately was not concerned about that for a a good deal of my teenage years, and it's not like I'm not awful at hearing, but it had I could be better. Yeah, I've got a like a bit like mild tinnitus, and that is upsetting right. to me now. I, I think but of course, sometimes you know, in the middle of the night, you start hearing. The, the high-pitched sounds, and like, is that tonight? And then you don't hear it the next... So I think it gets better and worse, and I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it but... comes and goes. Yeah. 
you know, now these days, yeah, I do try to look after my hearing. All that to say, yeah. there's not too, too much to say about the Modern Lovers. Yeah. Another fun, like, piece of just music history. I get sort of the same idea I get of that. Who is that group? They did a cover of uh, Raspberry Beret. It's a bunch of famous artists. Is it Raspberry oh, Beret? They did a cover? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um... The Hindu love gods? Hindu love gods, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I get that kind of vibe, but instead of being famous and getting together, it's kind of the it opposite. Was, you know, it's, the not opposite. Just, it's not just... Um, it's like most of R.E.M. and um, Warren Zevon is who the Hindu love gods are. So, like, they were yeah. already successful, and they just, like, fucked around, and at some point, it got released. Exactly. And this is the opposite, where they were not yeah. successful. They did this, moved on to bigger things, and then this was released. Yeah. But also, um, this was produced by John Cale. Of the, That's right. Formerly, at that point, of the Velvet Underground. And you can hear, I mean, you can hear his influence mostly on early Velvet Underground, because that's when he was actually in the band. So, like, songs like um, the Black Angels Death Song, mm. where you get that, like, constant um, viola, apparently it is. I, I looked that up. I thought it was a violin, but apparently it's a viola. Uh, that's him mm -hmm. playing. Um, and like some of the dronier, I think like in heroin, there's a big drone, like that's kind of his influence. So that's what he okay. sort of brings to the velvet underground. And you don't get that. If you look at like sweet Jane, for example, like that's not present cause he wasn't in the band anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm looking at that now. Um, but wasn't he also the one who did like the final velvet underground album? I don't know. Um, that one that's a like a piece of shit and nobody acknowledges it. <laughs> I think at that point the entire band or most of the band had gone like had wasn't wasn't part of it. It's like a, yeah, a Starship squeeze. airplane situation. Just no members of the, oh no, it's Doug Ewell. Doug Ewell is the the oh, okay. member who is okay. Yeah, who actually the replacement for John Cale. That's maybe why I had it fucked up. So yeah, John Cale's all good. All right, I was going to yeah. give him shit for being on the worst Velvet <laughs> Underground album of all time, but no, he was just there for the, the cream of the crop. Way to go, John Cale. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely get that early Velvet Underground sound on this. And, of course, we're going to talk about John Cale's version because he actually has the first released version of this song. Mm -hmm. um, with that, let's, let's get right into this. Let's start talking lyrics, Alex, because it's uh, pretty, pretty simple. Yeah, it is. There's actually a fair amount of words that they say mm -hmm. but the actual content i mean they call it proto-punk it's kind of got that attitude to it and it's mostly this story just about or not even really a story it's just a description of like some things that might happen to pablo picasso it's like a fun it's, fact yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, out i did a song. <laughs> i did look up pablo picasso for the purposes of this um yep. and i didn't know much about him other than that he did some art i know that He's a cubist, or he was in his later years. Um, but he was also considered quite a womanizer. He was married twice, and he was always, he like usually had a, uh, a, mistress. a mistress sort of on the side. So he was, yeah. he was always going. And then there was some articles that said he like, what is it? How Picasso bled the women in his life for art is the title of this article. So it's like, he was... Not necessarily very nice. 
Right. I believe one of his wives did release a tell-all sort of book or biography in which she was like, yeah, Pablo Picasso was an asshole. Probably not in those exact words. I don't think she would have ever heard right. this song by the modern I lovers, mean, he was never called an asshole, so she couldn't called have one, called him an yeah, asshole. Yeah, she, she couldn't have called him that. It's impossible. Um, yeah. Married twice, four children amongst three different women. Yeah. He was all over the place. He was all over the place. Well, and with that, let's let's get into these lyrics, which talk of that womanizing. Well, some people try to pick up girls and get called assholes. This never happened to Pablo Picasso. He could walk down your street and girls could not resist his stare. So Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. He's never called an asshole. Um, yes, I think in addition to this being just like fun fact about Pablo Picasso, women seem to be into him. It's probably also, and maybe this is just me, <laughs> um, playing with just this general idea of like the an artist as womanizer sort of thing. Like mm. artists who use their, I guess you'd say position, even though it's not an official, like authoritar- authoritative position. Um, right. As sort of a, a way to meet women. It's sort of a, a cliche of like women like artists. I was always sort of given that idea growing up. Yeah. And yeah, so he had some sort of some charm, presumably because he was an artist, because we'll later talk about like his height, which of course, ladies are all about the height. He's a very short man and was still picking up loads of ladies. Right. Um, interesting thing to note is that he could walk down your street. So there's, um, and then later he'll say down their street. It's never just the street. The street is never neutral. The street belongs to someone? Yeah. So like he could walk down your street. Pablo Picasso can come into your neighborhood where you should technically be in power. Right. And, you know, feel most comfortable. And he can upset the status quo and, and steal your women. Because he can do whatever he wants, apparently. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to, to verse 2 here, uh, if it can be called that. It is a, it is a stanza 2. That's maybe. what I call well, it. The, yeah. the girls would turn the color of the avocado when he he would drive down their street in his El Dorado. And then again, he could walk down your street and girls could not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso never got called an asshole. Not like you. All right. Yeah, so... Uh, okay. C- turning green. Mm-hmm. You can turn green with envy. Yes. You can turn green because you feel sick. Yes. What does this mean? Um, now, here's what I grasped from Genius. Um, Genius mentions this on both the, these lyrics and the David Bowie lyrics. Apparently, uh, Pablo Picasso often painted women green ah, I see. in his paintings. Okay. So it's possibly a reference to that. I also went the extra step here. And uh, the avocado is an Aztec symbol of love. And in, in, I guess, in dream association culture, the avocado is associated with lust and love. So he's so, just making them yeah. lustful. Exactly. So between all that, it's either just, hey, he, they become one of his girls when they see him because the, he paints women green. He has so this magnetism. They, this magnetism. And then, of course, these avocado ones, which might just be coincidental. But hey, lust and love seems to fit right in. Yeah, I mean, it works with the song. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely think of envy first. 
Yeah, that's the first my first thought. And like maybe that works too because they're envious of his ability or something. So right, and can we in... maybe assume that there is already a woman in his El Dorado? Oh, we probably can. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's driving down the street in his El Dorado, which is a Cadillac. It's yeah. a fancy car. He's also Spanish. Does that mean anything? Because El Dorado is in Spanish? Probably not. But yeah, maybe. It's just, it's and just also, a model of car. El Dorado means the gilded slash golden one. So he's driving a, 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 a fancy car. And basically, so it's a fancy one. car. He's a fancy Spaniard. He's in a fancy Spanish named car. Probably with another woman. Yeah. Yeah. And all yeah, the women are then, envious of that woman because they want to be with Pablo Picasso. That's right. And then we get the dunk on you, the listener. Oh, yes. Where where Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole, not like you. You can't do the things Pablo Picasso does. He is Pablo Picasso. You would get called an asshole. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they're saying he's an asshole, but he can do it because of his status, basically. Yeah. And then we move on to, well, he was only five foot three, but girls could not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso never got called an asshole, not in New York. Yes, I don't really know what Pablo Picasso's affiliation with New York is, although I will say that uh, looking up some of his art, a lot of it is in New York on display, like in museums. Yeah, well, maybe in the same way that your street is your territory, perhaps we, we can imply that New York is Pablo Picasso's. I don't know. Did he, like, did he live there? Um, I imagine he probably spent some time there. He I know he spent some time Paris. in paris because all the big ones that will come up in a later one oh, wow. um he spent most of his adult life in france yeah that's probably fair i always kind of assumed he was french but like pablo we have on this show before <laughs> we have talked, to, <laughs> talked like about where's he from and then we look him over like oh yeah spain that makes sense <laughs> yeah uh, my, the greta was asked me she's like well, where is pablo picasso from i was like i think he's italian and i looked at him i was like he's spanish i'm like fuck i've done exactly this before <laughs> you know europe somewhere. somewhere it's all the same right but yes he is spanish and then but the the so let's turn to genius here as we are want to do and sometimes um, it says that Jonathan Richmond spent a lot of time in New York, especially at Andy Warhol's factory. That makes sense. They say the, the point here is that New York is a place where the kind of idolatry of famous artists that this song talks about is common. Ah, so the people in New York would sort of deify Pablo Picasso. Yeah, so perhaps that is a, an acceptable enough answer. Uh, this is the other thing. Uh, it says he's only five foot three. So there's a note. I think it's in the David Bowie one on that and it says like google says he was actually five four which like i mean i'm sure he's not exactly either of those but imdb says he's five five well and then like the (laughs) comment on that says like uh this song was written in 1972 which is before he died so maybe he grew an inch after this song was written Like, okay, but he was also old, so, like, maybe he shrunk. I, like, that seems yeah. like more likely, right? And Nonetheless, also, like, the range of 5'3 to 5'5 five five is still in the zone of not tall. Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't change point the point of the line. And also, 
I'm sure there were times where he slouched maybe and was 5'3", right? Like, Yeah, we don't know what his natural stature was like. So, anyway. Yeah, he was not fun. very tall is the point. He's not tall, well, but he, it didn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, he was not very tall, but girls could not resist his stare. You don't even need the actual <laughs> yeah. numbers in there to make it work. It just adds a bit of flavor because you can be yeah. like, oh, yeah, 5'3". That's on the short side. Yeah. Now we come to the part of the lyrics that were, of course, completely foreign to you and me, having only listened to the Bowie version. Yeah, this this is not present. He says, "There's oh, a lot well, of be, words yes, that are hard to understand." Be not schmuck. Sorry. Be not obnoxious. Be not bell-bottom bummer or asshole. Remember the story of Pablo Picasso. He could walk down your street. Girls could not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. All right, this is it. Be not schmuck, be not obnoxious, be not bell-bottom bummer or asshole. Remember this? It's like a like a sort of nursery rhyme more. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a fable there. Like Yeah. Be a nice person and remember the story of Pablo Picasso. And Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be like ironic because it's kind of being like, hey, don't be an asshole. Even though Pablo Picasso was yeah, but he was I, never I, called like he was never acknowledged as such necessarily mm -hmm. so well uh, yeah sure. so in a 1980 interview uh jonathan richmond stated that the song was inspired by his own adolescent self-consciousness with women which i don't know if that helps us a little here maybe his idea is is that you cannot do any of these things unless you are oh, of a, a, a similar cut of cloth as Pablo Picasso. Yeah, you're not you Pablo achieve... Picasso, so you can't do it. Yeah, remember the story. So if you can one day say confidently that you are Pablo Picasso, whether in the literal or figurative sense, then... Then, then go right ahead. Do whatever. Go right ahead. But yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, unless you're actual king shit, people are going to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. So, like... So don't do it. <laughs> kind yeah. Of. And so maybe this speaks to his struggle where he's like, well... How do I get to become Pablo Picasso just to to engage in a little romance? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if that's necessary. Like, I get... I don't think it's necessarily saying, like, so your goal is to become Pablo Picasso so you can be a, a, an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, like, who, who, what, do you think you're fucking Pablo Picasso? Like, yeah. Like, get over yourself. And be decent person. Yeah, I, I suppose so. It's just like don't don't be this dumb shit. You're not Pablo Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, we just get a, a repeat of the the final the you know some people try to pick up girls and then the final line is never finished. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Dot dot dot. And oh, I see. There's a one of the notes on uh, also ingenious is just a bunch of images of of like young pretty women. Oh yeah, Pablo if you Picasso. look at the girls could not resist his stare. It's literally like women looking at Pablo Picasso as he looks at them. Yeah. Anyway, those are the lyrics. Those are the lyrics. That's the song. That's the song. It's Let's about talk Pablo about Picasso, the noises. but it's also about being an insecure person, maybe. Yeah. But it's being also about asshole. not being an asshole. And it's also about yeah. being an asshole. So it's one of those songs where it's written loosely enough, you kind of take what you, what you can get from it. Yeah. 
with that, let's talk about these noises, Alex. Yeah, what what noises are going on? It kind of fades in. It was sort of a it was a demo, right? Was yeah. They, like, so and I don't think they did too much. Like, uh, you know, I don't think they ever did another take of it. I think they took the demos and did whatever mastering and producing effects they could do to them and shot them out. Yeah. So it it's pretty simple, at least like in that it sort of repeats itself a lot. Oh yeah, it's I mean a very steady rhythm. Um it's worth noting that the apparently the piano that's being like repetitively hammered is actually played by John Cale on this. John Cale himself. Mhm. And it does have a a Velvet Underground kind of sound, like I think especially in the guitar kind of has a like, yeah. thin sound to it. Um that's not like really distorted or anything. And it's just yeah. kind of particularly at the beginning, just like playing regular, like dan 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 and like repeated chord. Or maybe even yeah. a single note. And yeah, the yeah, just like the noodling that the guitar does throughout the song is very loose. Like it kind of just comes in when it pleases, does a bit of like a repeated chord, leaves for a bit, comes back, changes things up. Like it's very well, everything else here is quite locked in. Like the bass the whole time is dun 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 Piano's just hammering those notes. Yeah. Drums are very simple. Same thing, like simple chords on the piano, bum 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 bum. And like it'll change it up a little bit, but just like change to a different chord. Mm-hmm. For a bit. So yeah, your your biggest variations come on that guitar. And that's like, well, at the beginning, it's not even that much. It'll be like, play two of those like power chords and it'll yeah. for a bit. But then the rest is just keep playing consistently. Drums are mm. just like pretty standard 4 4 rock beat. Mm hmm. Um, then we come to the singing, it's, which is really, yeah. it's just talk singing. Yeah, very, very talky. But also, sort of in that kind of i mean it's called proto-punk for a reason um there's that sort of like defiant sound to it if that makes sense that you would get from this sort of school of of music yeah where, where it's sort of um velvet underground influence Mm-hmm. And so, like, a good chunk of this song, from about a minute 36 to, I think, the three-minute mark, is just uh, instrumentals, like a lot of guitar soloing. <laughs> yeah, it's that... It, it, but it's still... It's not like it goes crazy or anything. Like, it's a guitar solo, but it's really just very repetitive. Yeah, the craziness comes from the tone, which is quite rough. Yeah, and they, well, they do add in, I guess, like, it gets more distorted, because it's not like the guitar at the beginning, but... Yeah. it's They're not, like, shredding, and maybe they wouldn't at this point in time anyway. Maybe shredding hadn't been invented yet, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, you get a little probably, shredding on the first, like, Velvet Underground album. I guess. But yeah, it's much looser than your uh, your modern day shredding. It's more meant to be like just discordant rather than, I guess, impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that sort of a, a like technique showcase. It's mm -hmm. just playing some notes, some notes that almost seem like they're playing around with like the timing too. They're not really sticking with that all that much. Um, just playing around basically. And then we don't get yeah. to the next verse until 
like close to three minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, like there's also right after two minutes. There's like this piano glissando. Yeah, it's that piano that. comes in. <laughs> it's not that. I noted that too, it's so cool. it's clearly of some importance. Um. And there's two guitars too, so they're sort of like playing around in between each other. Yeah. Um. By the time we get to this next verse, though, like the piano is like really, really hitting those chords. Like you're really banging away at that piano. Yeah, we certainly get an increase in like the energy. Yeah, there's kind of like the there's like a physicality to it. Even like the the end of the guitar solo thing is like that sort of like fast strumming on single notes kind of thing, or or just a few yeah. strings. So you get that like. <laughs> get a lot of that kind of stuff. So you really get that sort of yeah, like adding just that sort of like pushing into the notes. Mm-hmm. And then we get a like a false ending where the instruments drop around 338. Oh, that's true. That's true. It pretends. And then uh, it comes back in and does a little bit more like guitar soloing. Yeah, and then we, we fade out on the, the guitar soloing after a bit. And that's like pretty much it. That's it. He's kind of made Jonathan Richmond's kind of like making some sounds. Yeah, bit of ad libbing some, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like it has definitely got that like demo feeling to it. But because of that, it's also got like this kind of stripped down punk feeling to it. Like it, yeah, it feels like they could have like put more time into it and maybe come up with something interesting, but it would have been very different from like the mm-hmm. roughness of this because it is very rough but it's it's appealing in its roughness yeah i, I agree with that and we're going to talk about the john kale version pretty soon here mm-hmm. where i think like that one is like not to give too much but it's like refined to a point where we lose that roughness and a yeah, sort of a sense of looseness less, like scrappy Mm-hmm. and it, it sort of it loses a lot in that now i did find a music video for this i don't know if it's official or if somebody just cut some black and white footage of Picasso paintings and like miscellaneous Picasso living his life footage. Yeah, I kind of assumed that that's what that was, so I didn't really watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, that's really all it is. It's, it's that description I just gave. You see some old Picasso okay. paintings. You see Picasso walking around. He paints on a like a clear screen, so you get to like see him paint a, a flower pot and then this weird looking. I think it's a person. Right, I think that's that, also yeah. in like one of the other ones we're gonna talk about. Yeah, I, I believe that's in the burning sensations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does look like flowers and like like a, a a basic caricature of a woman, but it's like was it in the office where they're like trying to differentiate between Spanish verbs and they're like we'll put this picture of boobs on female objects and this picture of balls on male objects but they just like <laughs> look the same it's kind of like that yeah kind of shape. It, it definitely had that kind of vibe to it where you're like I don't know if those are boobs or testicles but like anyway um yeah, yeah so that's a music video that is probably not official anything else to say about the original before we move on um, Alex there was something I thought was kind of neat it sort of had this almost like devil on your shoulder vibe to me mm-hmm. even though uh, the lyrics kind of seem like they're doing the opposite but they're like 
but if you do go with the like maybe one day you could be pablo picasso and you could do all this shitty stuff um interpretation that's kind of how i felt listening to the lyric the way it's performed Mm, yeah there is because the voice is very you know it's talking so it's sort of a a lifeline in this chaotic arrangement Mm -hmm. where everything around it is quite rough and then he's like listen here's the story don't be a schmuck or a bell-bottom wearing guy which i think a bell-bottom bummer i don't know because like hippies existed around this time but they were kind of going out of style and they were mm-hmm. they were known for wearing bell bottoms. So is that what a bell bottom bummer is? Yeah, maybe. And maybe as they're going out of style, like he may be saying, "Don't be one of these people who clings to it. You just look sad. You're a bell bottom bummer." Yeah. But also, well, I don't know. I'm just thinking of how um, Frank Zappa also didn't like hippies. So I think he felt the assholes at some point as well. So he for sure did. <laughs> uh, Frank Zappa called most people assholes. That's like, true. Throughout his life. That's true. Pretty sure at one point he called people who have had a broken heart assholes. Yeah, broken hearts are for assholes. Um, anyway, I'm, I don't know if that's the uh, a comprehensive interpretation of that song, but uh, that's definitely what the title's suggesting. It's certainly the surface level. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, reading comprehension of titles, you've got it down. Yes! That's all I needed. Oh, that, yeah. that was yeah. the only requirement for doing this. That, that pretty much... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the original. It's pretty cool. I, I really like it. Um, we're going to move into the John Cale version in 1975. So this was the first release. Um, again, the original was recorded in 1972, not released until 1976. So John Cale took this into his own hands. He's a Welsh musician, composer, singer, songwriter, and record producer, most famously known for being a part of the Velvet Underground. And also for producing um, the debut albums of both The Stooges and Patti Smith. That's pretty cool. That's very He's cool. kind of been active in the industry for a long time. I think he's still alive, too. Yeah, he is still alive. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys who, like, did his big spotlight in the Velvet Underground and has just kind of worked in the background. But, like, y- you can kind of note his influence pretty clearly, like, on, on the Modern Lovers track. And then hearing that he produced for both the Stooges and Patti Smith, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> that said, this version, I'm not crazy about, Alex. No. I would say it probably hit maybe a little less than the other ones. It's very similar in that it kind of sticks to a pattern of like the way the instruments are played mm-hmm. pretty well throughout. But it's also very different. It comes in with like a guitar riff, a particular, but very different from the original yeah. one. guitar riff. Very, just like, bam, very bam, blues bam, bam. or like southern rock. I suppose so. Yeah, with that. Yeah, that one note in there. Um, and but there's some also like other interesting sounds. It's kind of trying to create this like sonic thing. Uh, there's this like really sort of grinding sound in the low end that I assume is a guitar, but it's this really just like. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I think I do. Do you have a, a spot that highlights it? Right at the beginning. Oh yeah, I think I hear it. Just playing like, oh yeah, and it's yeah, it's not the bass line because the bass is doing yeah, it's the, a little higher. The actual bass, yeah, it's just a little bit okay, yeah, it adds an extra crunch. I hear that. 
So there's definitely like an interesting soundscape here, I think, uh, mm-hmm. but also very different from the original. It's been several years, so you can see it's different. Just wanted to try something different or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, his vocals have more of a like, almost like a preacher or a big storyteller vibe. Some people like to pick up girls. He's, That's he's true. like stretching out he's certain got that words. Kind of that kind of sound that you see in like that you like we talked about uh, once in a lifetime. That's kind of how David yeah. Byrne does a lot of stuff, and I think he was pretty heavily influenced by like Velvet Underground, um, and the sort of school of the Velvet Underground, which for some reason yeah. I'm referring to. I don't know if I read that somewhere this week or what. Uh, <laughs> in my head, um, and it's a lot of like echo on it too. So it has that sort of like big building kind of. Mm, yeah. Kind of feeling. So I see where you get the preaching thing from. Yeah, just a bit. Um, and then so everything on this is much stiffer. It's more locked in, almost cars like in its sense of rhythm, where it's very like everything hits on exactly when it should hit. Yeah, the original definitely has a much more free flowing feel to it. Whether that's just mm-hmm. because it's kind of a loose demo or because they wanted to do that on purpose. Um, it it certainly doesn't sound like a mistake on the original. I don't think. No, it doesn't. Like uh, I think it all meshes well there. Yeah, but this one, like, there's kind of like more guitars, more overdubbing, and like there's this guitar riff that kind of repeats, like the the bam bam Like it's more mm-hmm. of like a riff. Yeah. You know, it feels like more of a thing and less of just like a noodle if that makes sense yeah it's much more concrete uh and there's a few other like effects and stuff that you get like after the first verse there's this more effects driven guitar let me see if i can it's like this i it's it's got this like real heavy like balance kind of a might be like a clab of some sort okay What else is interesting about this version? Um, um a lot of lot of drum fills. Yeah, it's shorter. They cut out a bunch of the like kind of loose soloing. Um Yeah, I don't think we have the 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 fable part, the be not bummer, be not uh whatever he says there. That, which is kind of weird. Because uh, I think like the, the tone of this song would fit that, like you were saying, it kinda sounds like it's actually telling a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's most versions actually do not include that part. Maybe it's I think so it was a lot harder to get official lyrics mm. back in the day. And that part is really hard to understand. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. Um obviously John Cale could probably get official lyrics more easily, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe He's not. produced it, but that doesn't mean that. He knew where Jonathan Richmond was. Yeah. Anyway. Um, this one's another fade out. The guitar starts to rip, get a little louder near the end. Yeah, and like there's more it's it's a lot busier sonically. Um mm-hmm. and sort of has that build, so it feels more like a produced product. It's not like it doesn't feel like a super polished pop song or anything like that. Oh yeah, it's, it's just still a John Cale song, but compared yeah. to the original, it has less of that free 
flowing thing. Yeah, it just kind of like sits as more of a just like a regular rock and roll song, which isn't bad. It's just not uh, not as uh, interesting as the original. Yeah, and it's always a question for me anyway, how much of a regular song it would sound like in 1975 versus sure, now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound um, super out there or anything. No, it's certainly not blowing my mind. Um, but but that's yeah, if you I've want like a little one. tighter version, a little bit more like sonic depth, maybe in terms of the amount of things happening, um, you'll find it in this one. Yeah, yeah. If you think you need a more space filled in the song, you got it with this one. Uh, with that, we're gonna move on to burning sensations in 1984. Another short-lived rock band from 1982 to 1987. Their most popular song is called Belly of the Whale, which is a song about being in the belly of a whale. Yeah, like Jonah. Yeah, like, jo- like exactly like Jonah. They, he's in the music video. <laughs> um, it's also, this version of the song uh, apparently was on the Repo Man soundtrack. Which will come up later. Um, will it? Yes. Oh. Oh, color me surprised. One of the songs is a, one of the future covers is a cover of this cover. Oh, I see. I see. We got, got, we got two examples of covers of covers on this one, which is exciting. It's fun stuff. This is 1984, same year as the film. Um, we start out with uh, what I've described here as like a steely synth sound. It could be a, a string. It could actually be like a gross bass or something. I'm not 100% sure. But very metallic. It kind of sounds like a muted guitar to me. It sounds like a loose sort of string. Like you've, you've tuned it to be a little loose and maybe muted it. Maybe. I don't know about the tuning. But it's because it's got that dump, 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 dump. And then you get the other, the, an actual for sure guitar doing a little muted rhythm pattern. That dun 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 bum bum bum. Oh, maybe I'm dun, listening dun, to something dun, else. There is maybe. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like the is. first thing that comes in there. So it sounds like like there's a hi hat, but there's also like something else going on. There's a couple hand drums in this. Yeah. So I don't know if it's that playing with a hi hat. Maybe, but that 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 hot the you can hear the hand drumming pretty clearly. It comes in after that it's one like little note. A different hand drum. Yeah, maybe. It could be. Doesn't sound like a hand drum to me. You no, also get doesn't. a shaker percussion in the in the the right side of your ears there. For real this time. I see you see it for real this time. Like like literally right at the start of the song. Yeah, I I don't know. It almost sounds electronic, like you were saying, a synth. Yeah, so it, it could, could be like well a, be a, synth. a drum, like a percussion pad kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, we start out already with a pretty rich profile. We get that hi-hat, we get that weird noise, we get the, the rhythm drums. guitar coming in, and yeah. the hand drums. And a shaker percussion. <laughs> yeah, and that's how the first verse continues. He says, again, so, uh, very like spoken, kind of understated um, delivery on the lines. And then uh, at the end of that, it like really breaks out into the actual song. After that. Yeah. So we get, and this one does a lot of uh, stops, full stops on the instruments. Yes. 
right at the so end. So it does a full stop, and, and then Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. And then they, yeah, start, like the guitar comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get some long sustains on this guitar. Um, we get that bass rhythm section, but I think it's I think it's a rhythm guitar, but you know, very crunchy. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, and then a saxophone. Yeah, playing along so that, with that those big like, long sustain. Yeah, sounds. very like definitely seeing the like Bowie influence on that. I think because it sounds to me like David Bowie playing the saxophone. Yeah. Yeah, it does have that kind of Bowie sax vibe, and, like a harshness to it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then with this we get more uh, at least the kick drum on the drum kit alongside the hand drumming as well. Sorry, I spelled something wrong. Alex, come to, on. I had to correct my spelling mistake. Yeah, the drums get become a little more regular. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of sets us up, and then we go into the second verse. Yeah. Which, you keep the saxophone around. Most of the things stick the uh, stick around. The saxophone kind of, like, plays riffs intermittently, but then also will make, like, squealing sounds and really, like, highlighting that sort of harshness of the, yeah. of the saxophone, how it can do And that. then, of course, everything builds till the end of the verse, where we get another full stop. This one accompanied by a little tattoo on the hand drums. Is this before the clap percussion comes in? Yeah, I think okay. it is just before this. So then <laughs> afterwards claps. we get that clap, clap, that very, yeah. Very, like, electronic clap percussion sound. Yeah. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah, it's very uh, electronic hand clap. You get that sax solo coming back in. It reminds me of, like, black tie, white noise kind of sax. Which didn't come out till like oh. ten years after this song. Yes, I see what you're saying. Which is like I don't even know how to describe that. Go listen to Black Tie White Noise. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> At least the song. Maybe the That's rest of song. the album. It's, it's, it's got some it's good got stuff. Ups and downs. It. It's got some good stuff though. It has a cover of "I Feel Free." Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk about David Bowie covers. <laughs> Believe me, I do, Alex. And we do. Um, there's a saxophone solo for a while, and like some yeah. more electronic stuff that comes in much later. I was a little lazy with my timestamps. Yeah, so it's in I, there. I feel ya. Is there a helicopter like, sound for a while? Yeah, yeah, I put like jet plane noise, but the Something same like field. That. That's sort of like some sort of engine. Sound yeah, that is spinning. Yeah, and so you, you get your uh, your sax solo, but af- after that, we, we're at like the two and a half minute mark for this. Everything after that is pretty much the same, but a- again. Yeah, they do the avocado verse again. Mm-hmm. Some more sax. Yeah. It's a lot more sax then, focused than I was expecting from this one. Yeah. Particularly well, after I- the intro. Yeah, did you? I before I listened to this, I listened to their "Belly of the Whale" song, which sounded very like ska influence to me. And this is this, this is, is not kind of that like dark post punk thing that you get from like like the sort of thing that led to like Sisters of Mercy that we talked about in the Give Me Shelter episode. <laughs> like, yeah, sort of has that same feel to it. Yeah, it's got a bit of that going on. Yeah, like 3.15, we come back to the 
to the verse. And then he plays around with his voice a bit. He was only five foot three. So he plays around a bit. Um, it all culminates to a fade out. As things are starting to go real wild, there's some like noises and some other shit going on. And that's burning sensations. Yeah. It's in a movie soundtrack. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Um, yeah, I got nothing else to say about that, but I do have things to say about the artist Frank, Frank. in 1991. And that's P-H-R-A-N-C. Frank. Uh, and now, of course, Frank's version is called Gertrude Stein. Because she replaces the mentions of Pablo Picasso with Gertrude Stein. Mm-hmm. Another sort of well-regarded figure in the modernist art scene, but who was, yes. I think, a writer, not like a painter. A novelist, yeah. poet, playwright, and art collector. Yeah, there you um, go. She, she famously hosted a uh, a Paris salon, so a salon being like a, a sort of gathering. It's basically just a party, but of influential people. Yeah, she basically invited a bunch of artists, and then they all like met each other there. So like Picasso was there, and I think Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, a bunch of other people. But so that's her connection to Pablo Picasso. Her connection to Frank, the uh, who who has self described herself once as the all American Jewish lesbian folk singer is, of course, that Gertrude That's Stein right. was a lesbian herself and has written uh, a great deal of literature in that field. Mm-hmm. Both, like, semi-autobiographical stories, I think some fiction as well. So she's, like, a lesbian icon, as well as being affiliated with Pablo Picasso. Um, In fact, looking at the music video, and this isn't a music video, it's just a YouTube video with that somebody's put some paintings in. The first yeah. one there that shows up is Pablo Picasso's portrait of Gertrude Stein. Well, well, how about that? Uh, and apparently somebody commented to P- Picasso. They said that uh, Stein didn't look like her portrait, and Picasso replied, she will. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, like, contextually. He's going to make some changes himself, damn it. <laughs> God, God damn it. That's like, there's like a, ve- like a co- webcomic with Van Gogh, and he like, paints his self-portrait and then there's like a critic who's like hey you you missed your ear and he's like ah damn it and like cuts his ear off (laughs) (laughs) like i will (laughs) anyway that's good so yeah thank thank you to a friend of the podcast will for um bringing that up a couple days ago thanks will shout out big shout out Um, yeah, so this is Frank. She's got uh, a sort of, more of a folk vibe. This one starts up with some, some acoustic guitar going fast. Yes, it's, um, a, it's mostly fast acoustic guitar strumming. It's that kind of folk feeling. Yeah. Which has its own storyteller vibe to it. It does. Different from The Preacher, but, uh, you know, sort of in that vein. Um, what I, so, first of all, instead of it being Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole, it's Gertrude Stein was never called an asshole. Yeah, and there's like a few little changes to the lyrics. She says a, she specifies a pink Eldorado. Yeah. 
Um, this is the first one to characterize the avocado as well. This one's a fresh avocado. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which is, I guess, a particular shade of green. Is it the inside yeah. or the outside, though? That's the question. I'm going to say the inside, because if you look at that painting that gets mentioned of women with green skin, it looks like the inside of an avocado. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, she also says she was never called an asshole except by Alice. Yes, Alice B. Talkless, who Which was Gertrude Stein's partner. Described as Gertrude Stein's life partner. Yes. Because gay marriage was illegal. I'm assuming. Yeah, presumably. I don't know yeah, all well, the laws, uh, but like I think it's a pretty safe <laughs> assumption given the time period. Yeah, Stein died in 46. Yeah, 1946, so... that is. So like probably not legally yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she does different ad, like, I, I guess you call them ad libs, different ending lines instead of uh, not in New York and not like you. She has not in Gay Paris. Naturally, Gertrude Stein spent a lot of time in Paris and hosted, that's again, the connection to Pablo Picasso, except by Alice, which of course was her, her life partner. And then another, the last one I think she does, it's except perhaps by Ernest Hemingway, who of course was right. at that famous Paris salon. And maybe called her an asshole. And uh, maybe. I don't know if there's more history between them. Um, there's a lot of like history in these songs yeah. that I don't know the specifics of. I don't really know art history. This isn't even art history. This is like art gossip history. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, The key points are to know that Gertrude Stein knew Pablo Picasso and collected some of his art. Yeah, and he painted her at least once. Yeah. Um, there's also like another verse, a new verse. Yes. Um, so, okay, first line. Do you know what the last word in the first line is? I heard I, I get mean and I get... Something. Vino. Vino? As in wine. I'm, I get mean and I get wine, essentially. Oh. Me and my straight-lipped flannel shirt asshole. I, I thought it was straight-laced. Oh, maybe it's straight-laced. That's actually a phrase, so... Yeah. Um, what I do for these ones, and I had to go to 0.25 speed on this one because it was very difficult oh, to figure it out. Yeah, down. whenever I can't figure it out, slow it down on the YouTube video and hope for the best. Um, this here is the story of Gertrude Stein. She could walk down the street and the girls, they could not resist her stare. And so Gertrude Stein, she was never called an asshole, except perhaps by Ernest Hemingway. And then a gunshot. And then more intense guitar strumming. Yeah, um, so this one's all, like, intense guitar strumming and some drums. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really, like, change much. Other yeah. than the lyrics change from the original. Mm-hmm. It's a good energy on it. Um, She does uh, those similar stops that uh, Burning Sensations does, mm -hmm. where they'll stop before the last line. She's like, except uh, perhaps Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, the song oh. structure really lends itself to that. Yeah, it really does. Like, stop, and you're like, Pablo Picasso was... Never called them out. And then, yeah. Do they do that in the original? Um, uh, do they? <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't think so, because I think that one is just loose and chaotic. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good sound. Yeah, it's a good sound. Um, yeah, and so it is a, it's a simple one, but in the simplicity of it just being fast strum and drum, we uh, get some of that looseness and that and chaos drum. from the original. We get that back in the classic mix, and I think drum that's, and drum. that's a classic strum and drum piece. Really, we all know about them. But yeah, I think I think that's a good vibe on this. I think it fits pretty well. 
I think the 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 shift to Gertrude Stein was bold but calculated. I think it actually worked out really well. Yeah, it's kind makes... of the well, I don't know if it's the same. I don't know what Gertrude Stein's history is with fidelity. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but I'm I mean she was involved in a particular art scene that I wouldn't necessarily expect her to be like the nicest person. Maybe she was. But yeah, I, I don't I, necessarily I like... consider the people in that list of like people she brought together to be like great necessarily to hang out for me yeah they'd like, be very very they'd be a lot you know yeah <laughs> like i'm sure if you were in art did a bunch of art stuff but like me is not really like an art creator yeah what like, would you even talk to think I, about it yeah you'd have to explain so many parts of your job to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah so computers all right uh <laughs> Okay, we're going to be here a while. Uh, you know how electricity exists and you can turn on lights? Imagine that, but a million times a second. Uh, now you do math with it. That That's a good explanation of computers, that's a, right? Uh, that's a fairly good explanation. It's a primer, you know? Uh, and we use it to look at boobs. Um, Let's talk about David Bowie. Give me a second, though. We we oh, forgot to just something? say just the exit, just because we do say it. This one is uh, sort of your organic fade out. Uh, the guitar stops and the sim symbol rings out, and we yes. come to a close on it. That's that. Yes, Alex. Let's talk about David Bowie in the year two thousand three. Two thousand three, so we've jumped almost a decade. Mm -hmm. um, Over a decade. Yeah, so this is um I would say later Bowie. Like I mean yes, early this late is... Bowie. <laughs> so from his twenty third studio album, Reality. Yes. Reality. Um twenty third of twenty five albums. Yeah, because there were two after this, which were all after his like ten year break. Mm-hmm. Um this is with what kind of became, or at the time, his, his like, longtime band, uh, playing with Jerry Leonard, Earl Slick, um, Jalen Dorsey, and I forget right. the rest of the band. <laughs> um, but those are sort of the big names that I know. Uh, mm -hmm. Opens with a cool guitar riff that I watched a live version. is played by Jerry Leonard. Okay. Um, kind of a cool... What you might call an Arabian scale. I don't know if that's a yeah, good name for it, but it that's does. a name I've heard for it. I think that may, yeah, I don't know if that name is politically correct. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't know if it's <laughs> technically correct, but I think I have heard it. Used. Yeah, I think I'm familiar with that term, and that is what that sounds like. Interestingly, that that riff starts in the right side of your speakers and then slowly oh, pans, pans over to the left. Yeah, it's also cool because it kind of like skips. Like it's got a lot of echo, but it also goes bam, bam, Yeah, so distortion not only on the guitar, but in a sort of like as if the recording equipment was failing. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah, so you get that. Then we get this like immediate high energy right after that. This lead guitar rips in. Yeah, this one does a lot. I mean, it's a lot more modern now. Mm -hmm. It does a lot more to create, like, the sort of full sound texture that you would get yeah, from rock and roll music after the 
early 90s, let's say. Yeah, and so we move in from this this high-energy guitar to David Bowie's uh, lyrical contribution to the piece, which is a chorus. Yes, um, it's a lot more reads... of like a kind of standard verse-chorus structure. Chorus-verse-chorus-verse-chorus. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that chorus is swinging on the back porch, jumping off a big log. Pablo's feeling better now, hanging by his fingernails. Swinging on the back porch, jumping off a big log. Pablo's feeling better now, hanging by his fingernails. Yeah, I what don't do you, really get this. Do you think David Bowie is Pablo in this scenario? Swinging on the back porch. I mean, swinging on the back porch, that's got to be like a, a house with a veranda. Yeah. And like you're swinging, right? And jumping yeah, up a some... big log is like like into water, right? Like like you're at a lake. This is a lake house. Maybe. That's I what you I'm could just jump. There's I'm getting like like ideas of youth in this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, Pablo's feeling better now. This is sort of a resurrection of that one, this song from the 70s. Um, yes. Two, maybe a bit David Bowie, as like the early 2000s was not not kind for his career. This was sort of a another a low point. Um, and then, yeah, hanging, like jumping off a big log. Like, you're right, it could be into water. It could literally be just a child on a log and then jumping off of it onto the ground. Right, but it definitely does have that feeling of, yeah, like early life. Or mm-hmm. at the very least, kind of doing enjoyable things in an isolated place. Yeah. Which and is he's hanging by his fingernails, which suggests tenuous, I think. Yeah. So, like, he's feeling better now, but, like, it could end at any time sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I, I, I've struggled to go further with it. I feel like there's more context needed. Well, it might be a sort of album context. Uh, another song that comes okay. after this is Never Get Old. Oh, that's a good song. I like that song. That is a good song. Um, and then, yeah, so it, it might, it, I feel like maybe it is like a personal context thrown onto this piece where it's like. So Pablo is David. Is David in this sense. Because let's face it, if anyone has the the sort of star status that they could get away with Pablo Picasso style <laughs> bullshit, yes. it's probably David Bowie. Exactly. I mean that too, like. I'm sure he has some, I wouldn't be surprised if he had some feeling of like when he was and is David Bowie, he could probably get away with a lot of things that other people couldn't because of the star power. Mm -hmm. Um, And really of all the ones we've said, uh, John Cale could maybe, but like David Bowie is the one who could fit this description, especially David Bowie in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, so John Cale, like, in the right crowd, but David Bowie <laughs> in a much larger crowd. Yeah, absolutely. So we get this, and it's sung by, what, like, a chorus of, uh, like, audio, like, filtered David Bowie Yeah, it's, it's kind of, like, chanted. But, yeah. yes, it's definitely, like, singing of the back floor, jumping of the... Like, it's... Yeah, because you got a low one, you got a high one. It really is, like, a, a is choir there, chant. Is there a high one in in the first time? Um... Maybe not. You know I think what? You're right. It is just lower. The second and third, where it is just David Bowie singing the leads while his uh, his chant in the back yeah. plays as well. Yeah, you're right on that. Um, it's always tough for me to like really nail down songs that I've listened to like a billion times when we have to. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to remember <laughs> like subtle changes between two repeti- repetitions of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Chorus. Of course. So then after this, we get that. That's right. That's there. On this kind of like 
like horn like brassy synth yeah that's kind of like its transition riff that this version uses Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we've got a bass line there it's pretty much just root notes you get some like some of those chaotic like uh guitar noises just some like yes a lot of that and the way he sings the verse i think is interesting and i'm trying to remember I'm trying to think of what other song i could compare it to i'm sure there's something but i'm struggling it's like i know all these david bowie songs <laughs> but it's hard to uh summon them when i need them conjure yeah. them um it's a very kind of thing it's, like, it's very shouty turn the color of a spicy av- spicy avocado <laughs> juicy avocado juicy avocado juicy avocado like it's yeah, you don't really hear David Bowie shout a lot of songs, no. not in this style anyway. Yeah, but it has that and feeling. And I'm trying to think of... I'll think, uh, I think there's other examples. This isn't the first time he's done this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. But yeah, I, I At for least some part, reason for part cannot of conjure. But yeah. I can't think of an example. Yeah, and so then on the verse, it's a lot of just driving rhythm. There's some guitar just kind of following along. And then in between the his phrases, we go back to sort of that transition. Yeah, um, and then it kind of it it brings in that intro sound for a bit as well, and then goes into another chorus. But as we mentioned this time, there's kind of two Bowies or two like sounds. There's the like low chanting and then David Bowie singing it higher. Yeah. Uh, worth noting on the verses, we do get some big cymbal crashes kind of Ooh, consistently from the drums. And then, of course, his delivery of the, the not like he you line is, is gold. It's very good. Not, not like, like you. You. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a pretty big sound, too. Like you, you were saying with the uh, with the cymbal crashes, it definitely has kind of. Like there's some punk feeling there. Mm hmm. Yeah, you got Bowie shouting. You got these drums fucking just crashing. Yeah, it's still more like polished because it's still like two thousands Bowie, but it has a little bit more of an, maybe an edge. Yeah, it's just, I mean, uh, not even yeah, necessarily an edge, but like the suggestion like, of an edge. Yeah, and just big energy. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Big energy. Yeah. Not like there's not, you. There's not a whole lot of like new stuff after after this point. Yeah, we come back to that that guitar that ripped in the intro after the the like the Arabian uh part. Yes. You do. Sorry. Which which part are you on? I I So I'm I'm right before the the second chorus here. Okay, right before the second chorus. Got it. So at, at the second I'm just about to jump into the second chorus where of course we've already really mentioned the big difference. Yep. You get you get David Bowie's lead vocals on this as well. Mhm. And then, yeah, and I don't think, like, I don't have a ton more to note. There's a there's a guitar solo. After, yes. After that, after, because they do the chorus and then another, uh, another verse. Another oh, yeah, verse. we get another one of these. Yeah, two, so, yeah, we get a little transition segment that da na 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 Um... The way he does the verses is kind of neat too, because he's he's got all the or a lot of the words, not all the words, uh, but he shuffled them around a bit, and basically he's just squished in the sort of half verse, because there's the short mm-hmm. verse, which is 
realize now the verse where they talk about him being short is a short verse. Um, I didn't notice that before. Yeah, and like he really breaks them up, so he'll do like two or three lines at a time. Yeah, have I, a little he's kind of broken up the verses into thirds. Yeah, because he's got the like the first verse has try to pair pearls they get called assholes never happened Pablo Picasso, um, which you'd compare with the walk down your street girls never resist a stare never called an asshole, and then does the juicy avocado part in the middle. And then in the first one, he has the you can walk down your street, which is actually the first part of the second verse. And then in the second verse, the last part is when he goes into the five foot three. And then kind of leads yeah. back to the never called an asshole. Not in New York. Wow. Not in New York. That reminds me of uh, dancing in the streets when they just shout out the names of cities. Santa Monica, <laughs> New York. <laughs> Those are places. Those and are I'm sure places. They have streets. Probably, yeah. Santa Monica. What a song that one is. <laughs> um, yeah. Besides that, like you said, a lot of this is fairly similar. Yeah, at the three-minute mark, we or just a bit after it, we hit the guitar solo. Um, and during yeah, that, which we is get sort these... of in the same style. Like it does the like the intro sound yeah and then kind of goes into a solo from that turns down the echo that's right yeah and then in the back we get these sort of like filtered drums so they almost sound like they're coming in on like a radio or something they're like uh yes does that happen at the very beginning as well um i'm not sure alex no it doesn't never mind no it doesn't and then we also get horns that come in around the 330 mark Horns. What are they doing with horns? horns? Just hanging out. Just, just hanging out in the lower end, really. That's that low end? Is that a guitar? Doing that, what I have called horns? Yeah. Absolutely not. Okay. No, I can like, those are, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we fade out on the guitar solo. It does fade out. What do, you, what do you think about that, Alex? I don't know. I f- like the more we talk about uh, fading out on songs, the like less I'm bothered by it. I think it's just that if there's a song I don't like very much, then they fade out. I'm like, ah, fuck you guys. What are you doing? Um, I think it can ruin a song. I think not often, but I think we've hit some examples. Yeah, where it and sucks. I think it's maybe easy to notice if it does make it like if it makes the song worse. And then mm-hmm. you're like, ah, this always sucks. But most of the time, it's just neutral, I think. Yeah, fair enough. And that's how I feel here as well. Um, I love this version. It's, it's, it's big Bowie. It's high energy. We get some cool guitar parts. I like his delivery of the, yes. the lyrics. He has cool ways, like, kind of singing the lyrics, like, sort of rhythmically and with this, like, strange enunciation. Mm-hmm. That I mean, Bowie enunciating strangely. I know such a shock, but it's, it's, it's confusing <laughs> for sure. But uh, I mean, it's David Bowie. I like David Bowie. David Bowie, yeah, it's fucking, it's great. With that, we're gonna talk about a cover of this version by a band called Four Year Beard, all one word, two thousand seven.
for your beard. For your beard. Although we should mention on Spotify, the title of the song is "For Your Beard," and the t- the artist is listed as Pablo Picasso, but they seem to have it reversed. And the, it's funny. Did you did you go ahead and click on Pablo Picasso? There's because another artist who an artist. calls themselves. It's a rapper. No, it's not a rapper. Like, I'm not sorry. a rapper. According <laughs> uh, to his album. Yeah, there's another artist who uh, calls themselves Pablo Picasso. Uh, release actually latest release. Their only release is, is from, from November fifth of this Last year. Last month. Or two um, months ago. <laughs> but there's also yeah. Two months, almost exactly. Well, wow. <coughs> oh no! Sorry, I Alex. choked on my own spit when I inhale Oof. normally. Uh, but yes, four year beard from Something some tribute album to David Bowie. So, actually, looking at this album, mm. the entire album they have reversed the artist and the song title. <laughs> Way to go, so, guys! Uh, that's unfortunate, um, but uh, for your beard, I couldn't find a ton of info on them, but I found their Facebook page, and they call themselves an experimental rock and roll fused head trip. And it is it worth noting that experimental has been hyphenated? Yes, experimental. Because they're fucking mental. Because they're mental, um, and they're yeah, they're a cover band. Oh, they have originals yeah. and covers. They have originals and covers. Um, but this is a cover. So. And this cover is of the song Pablo Picasso. But it is a cover of the David Bowie version of the song Pablo Picasso, originally performed by the Modern Lovers. That's right. Um, yeah, so this one starts out with, like, electronic noise. Like, a little... Yeah, like, bleeps and bloops. Computer bleeps and bloops. And, like, a little bit of, like, guitar... Like kind of feedback, yeah, and then and just that brings louder. In some synthesizers and guitars, yeah, mostly guitars, but some synthesizers. Yeah, is that there's that? Dun, 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 dun. I think that's a guitar, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then you get your distorted guitar rhythms, and then very quiet, like whispered growl chorus. Yeah, this I would also compare with Sisters of Mercy, mm-hmm. the band. That's fair. The delivery on this. Uh, there's also this synth that comes in for the, um, for the, co- the chorus verse. For that, I, I guess no, you're talking about that chorus. one that comes in for like the transition. That uh, not yet, not yet. Okay. I'm talking about. It's like a whistle. It's like um, it's like a whistle, like a kettle boiling whistle. Okay. Woo! Oh yeah, I hear it. Yeah, it's actually—is that the one in the back that goes? It might be. I'm not sure. Cause that comes up later as well. I think it is. I think later it goes a bit lower and starts to. Play. Yeah, so you can actually yeah. like perceive it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yes, it does do the the riff from that did it, but did it, it did, but it's a much more like of a classic kind of slow filter. I want to say sawtooth wave, but I didn't double check that um, synthesizer. Yeah, it does sound very classic. Yeah, it's like a very synth sound. Yeah. Which I I would also describe as a bzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
and we come into the chorus which is shouty vocals but more in the realm of like hard rock to light metal yeah it's there's definitely like a bit of like metal but in that sort of post post grunge metal i think yeah uh, but yeah, I got that rough sound. That never happened to Pablo Picasso. And then, then they do another chorus, um, and it's kind of the same thing as the Bowie version. Hang on, there's a big gap here that I have not. Oh no, Alex. Oh well. Uh, um, well, yeah, yeah. After the first verse, there they kind of go like down. And then they do a little transition phase. And then, yeah, it's into the, the same chorus again. You get that. I think this one, that synth that you're talking about is more prominent. Yeah, it's more noticeable now. Yeah. Kind of doing Yeah. Less of the... just like a ambient kettle sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little more weight to it. I, I like that little pattern. I think it sounds pretty good. And I think the synth noises on this in general, pretty good. Yeah, it kind of has this like, like it slowly slides up thing. Like they're really using the, um, uh, what's it called? Pitch wheel. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the synthesizer. A lot of synthesizers have a pitch wheel where you can bend the pitch up and down uh, with your hand that's not playing and it has that, you know, slow sound. <laughs> do that kind of stuff um but really they're doing very very similar to how david bowie uh did at least in theory uh their sound is quite different of course um they have the kind of chanting here for the chorus and but the um they kind of also have the the lead vocals now which kind of the lead vocals really aren't like very melodic which no we know but but even less so than I think the Bowie version. Yeah, I would I would agree to that. Yeah, they're not. I I sometimes they sound like a bit out of off key too. Mm. Uh, not really that big a deal though. I don't think. Just something I noticed. Like it kind of works with the way they perform it. Yeah, it's they're they're promoting some of that roughness. I think mm-hmm. it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, drums on this are very simple. Just like a standard four four rock beat. I mean, a lot of the versions stay pretty consistent throughout, and That's don't true. put like super complicated. Just stuff compared in. to the the Bowie version, which at least had some some symbol work going on. Ah, I see. Ones. That's right. We did mention that. I mean, yeah. you did mention that. That was really I mentioned you. That. Look at me mentioning things. <laughs> Look at you. I I mostly speak in royal wheeze. I've noticed, like oh, yeah. just generally speaking. That's I I don't know if that means anything. Or it's like yeah. We did do that. It's like, no, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> me. Me, bro. Um, um, or maybe the three-minute mark mm. is, I think, our most important new thing, where it goes down to just the drums in this, like, Drum what break. I've described as, like, a VHS hum. VHS hum, eh? Like a... Oh. It sounds like old electronics. Yeah. It's obviously a synth. Yeah, I kind of thought it was the same like whistling synth from before. It definitely goes up high frequency. Oh, maybe, yeah. But it's got some like f- static on it, definitely. Yeah. That if it was there before, there was too much other stuff for you to hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then we get the rhythm guitar comes back in, 
Um, and I've written here we end on a fade out of big, dumb, ugly, percussive hits. Wait, there's a synthesizer true? solo in there somewhere. Is there? I think so. Well, it, it comes back, that, that your steam whistle, your kettle, whatever you want to call it. But it's just doing its, its riff. Yeah, I guess. It, it's more bending, I guess. Yeah. They go boom, All right. boom. So I don't know if it's like a solo per se, but it's kind of the focus. It's like 3.30 yeah. or so. Certainly being spotlighted. Yeah. It's like kind of a solo, maybe. Yeah. With a lot of, again, that pitch bend work right and then at 357 the last 10 seconds of this song is just like drums that yes and any other instrument just a ton of that like hitting everything hitting on the same bam, 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 bam. kind of it almost sounds like it's like skipping mm-hmm. like record skipping um for what it's worth yeah um yeah overall this one is uh like it's fun and it's interesting to see them cover the David Bowie version, which is a little more uh, musically involved in the original. True. And I, th- I think they pull out some neat elements. I think, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think maybe the vocals might be the weakest point of this. Feels like there's a bit of a mixing issue, particularly on the first time the chorus comes in. And then, like you said, maybe some, some issues of being on key or something. Yeah, it's... which I know it's supposed to be sort of like a chant, but it also, it's like a bit noticeable and maybe not quite right. Yeah. Um maybe. maybe. Maybe not quite right. But yeah, not so so yeah, right. it's it's like a more amateurish version, but they do a decent job. Yeah, they do a decent enough job. Um speaking of decent jobs, we're going to talk about the Tellers in 2012. Some people try to pick up girls got cold assholes. This never happened to Pablo Picasso. Pablo Picasso. Which is from the album A Tribute to Repo Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the tribute to the Burning Sensations version. Um, now, the Tellers are a rock group from Belgium that started in 2005. A uh, song of theirs was included in the soundtrack of FIFA 08. The best FIFA game. The best FIFA game. All the FIFA heads are always telling us that. Sound of 08. Everything after 08 is just a joke, man. It's fucking shit. Play FIFA Garbage. 08 or kill yourself. That's what they say. <laughs> that is what they say. They're a very toxic community. Yeah, very mean. I don't. Uh, um, I don't know what their deal is, man. Yeah, real talk, man. I think I have played a FIFA game. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> I've cer- I've almost certainly seen a FIFA game being yeah, played. I played. Have FIFA I played it myself? <laughs> on the Xbox. I think that was the last time I played a FIFA game, and it was just at a friend's house. That checks out. That makes sense. Like, and not like as a retro thing. This is pre three sixty. Right. Yeah. This would have been like you were hanging out with sports friends who also liked Halo, so they had an Xbox. Exactly. And then they just beat me at Halo, and I felt bad about myself, which is not their yeah. fault. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> they were just better than me at Halo, but... L- largely on account of having access to I was to young, Halo. and it made me feel bad. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Yeah, because they owned the Xbox, and I was like, what? There's a black and a white button? Yeah. I press what black to throw a grenade? Buttons? Yeah, it's very confusing. Back and start? Where's select? <laughs> <laughs> Why are all these buttons the same size? 
Why is this controller massive? All right, that's enough Huge talk about controller. playing Xbox at your friend's house. Because neither of us it? owned an Xbox. That's true. Um, the Tellers, they're a band from Belgium. Yes. And apparently they're, like, reasonably popular. Like, yeah. they've had some decent hits in, like, Northern Europe. Which is cool. Shot, buddy. I've never heard of them. <laughs> Um, and I suppose this is a cover of the, um, uh, what are they called? Burning Sensations. Burning Sensations. But I, I didn't really think it was that much like the Burning Sensations version. I, I would say unrecognizable from it. Uh, okay, as, as much as it is, I'm like, glad. As much as it is a cover of any version on this, right. it's very different. Because when you said there that it was that there was another one that was a cover of the Burning Sensations earlier, I was like, oh fuck, which one is? It? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I didn't notice that. All right, cool. Yes, uh, this one is quite different. Let's talk about it. We start off with my least favorite element, this bell percussion. You don't like that? Kind of like high metallic. Yeah, and just because it is there the whole time, it starts to grate on me a bit. pretty regular. That said, that's like my one negative on this. I think this version kind of fucking rocks. I I do, too. (laughs) <laughs> um, we get this guitar doing this sort of weird arpeggio, and I think there's a synth playing that as well. Almost kind of like off kilter sound, even though it's yeah. not really. I don't it's, know why. It certainly it sets has you that like feeling. it gives you a bit of uneasy. There's something about the tone that's just like yeah, we're a little off kilter here. Sort of that feeling I get from. I believe it's the third level of Donkey Kong sixty four. Um, oh yeah. DK sixty four level three. Was it Frantic Factory? Frantic Factory. Yeah. Wow. Did you know that DonkeyKong.fandom.com gives you a custom mouse pointer? That is one of the uh, bad guys from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Weird. What's the, anyway. oh, is it like a GeoCities website? <laughs> When's the last time you saw a custom mouse pointer? I don't. It's a. It's like fandom, you know. I don't yeah, know. I know. I don't know if that's enough. I think that's enough information. Nonetheless, so we get the guitar and we get that synth. We get the 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 bell. Yeah, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's and like that we... high. It's like high metallic thing, sort of like ringing. It might be a high bell. It could be like a celesta. It's metallic. It's metallic. Um, and then we get a dude singing, like for for real, like like singing. singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the closest we get to singing in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of um. Like fat, like they've changed it up a bit. Some people try to pick up girls, get called asshole. Yeah, and then on the on the name Pablo Picasso, we get female harmonies that come in and they repeat the name a few times. Pablo Picasso, yes. Pablo mm. Picasso. Yeah, they sort of harmonize with him. Yeah. So there's two kind of layers that uh, his vocals sound kind of like Brit poppy to me. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of Oasis in there. A little bit yeah, different little, accent. Yeah, and a touch nasal. Across like, the North Sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I follow that. So 25 seconds in, we get the bass line kicking in. And this well, thing is fucking good. I like <laughs> this bass get the bass. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And the bass boom, takes like a prominent role in this song. It is just doing like grooves. Yeah. But it it's mixed in there that it, it takes up a, a good portion of the like the main floor, as it were. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it a lot more, like, funky, and I guess 
most of the other ones really don't have a much focus on the rhythm at all. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a quite a quite a change, quite a bit of yeah. a change. Yeah. And then coming in with that, we get some say. very simple drums, and then I what I think is a marimba. Uh, where are we talking here? Um, like pretty much right after the so like post twenty five seconds here, it'd be like probably oh, thirty seconds in. Yeah, I always go back and forth. I'm like, is it wood? Is it metal? Um, so I said like marimba or vibraphone. Yeah. Something like that. It's that sort something of an like instrument. Someone striking something with a mallet, probably, or it's a synthesizer because it could always be a synthesizer. It, oh yeah, always. Um, yeah, so that comes in. We get another verse from the vocals, same style as the first ones. Uh, yes, except this time they do repeats El Dorado instead of Pablo Picasso. That's right. Sing El Dorado. What, I wrote, what is this a Christmas song? Why did I write that? Um, just because you get that bell in there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I've noticed now the bell actually does leave. At which point? Um, about... 50, 56 seconds. So, is, like, it, when it they stops. go back and repeat verse one? Yeah, and we get the bigger drums, so we get a much stronger oh, hit. that's true. You get that, like, you get that snare. Yeah. Come in. Uh, the other thing that happens on the repeat, there's a guitar that's been strumming chords, and it's faster now. Yeah. But it's faster, but it's, like, quarter notes. Mm-hmm. So we get we get that sort of buildup of energy you expect in a song like this. Mm-hmm. Definitely more of a feeling. Like, there's more repetition, and there's mm-hmm. more of, like, a structure. So it's yeah. got more of, like, a poppy feeling. For sure. It doesn't sound, like, super poppy. It's almost like, okay, I haven't listened to the Arctic Monkeys a ton. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't say this. <laughs> Say it, dude. Say it. I was it. just gonna say, for some reason, it makes me think of the Arctic Monkeys, but I've listened to like three Arctic Monkeys songs. Well, no, nobody can prove you wrong in that it reminds you of the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> and I don't know why, because I barely listen to the Arctic Monkeys. It's Ugh. just like kind of from around the same ish time. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Anyway, that's probably a bad take. Let's keep going. So, round 115, we go full harmonies on the lines. Yes, where they go back and forth. Is that what you're talking about? No, and they're not no. back and forth oh, at yet. the same time. They okay. go back and forth later. All right. Um, I'm off then. Um, and the, the bass is changed up again. Like, the bass is very active in this. Oh, you mean the and he could walk down the street, that part? And girls could yeah. not resist. He was only five foot three. That girls yes. could not resist. Yeah, they kind of have their own. Is this a chorus? I guess I don't need to call it anything. A different part. And then they start saying his stare. Yeah, the stare stare it kind of sounds like they say his stare sometimes and the stare or other times other times yeah. i wasn't quite sure well we can never know then after that we get the the back and forth on el dorado yes because they do the second verse again yeah yeah verse and then el dorado el dorado but it starts on the backup yeah el dorado, also worth el noting dorado. this this version is two minutes and 42 seconds so the shortest it is quite short but they fit a lot into it yeah. Um, is there anything else going on? Like they kind of do some more repeats. They do that, and then they do the he could walk down the street, but girls cannot resist thing again. And then they say his stare uh more. First time they say it yeah. six times, the second time they say it twelve times. 
So that's twice as much. That's right. And yeah. then from there, we kind of get out of that with the, uh, like a, a guitar sort of builds up through that stair section and then breaks us out of it. And then we repeat the name Pablo Picasso as we come back to that sort of initial arrangement with the guitar and the drums. They even do like a... Which version was it that had a bunch of repeated strumming on? Just like... No, this is the original. On like yeah, I think that was note. the original. Yeah, because that, that, that guitar kind of that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they repeat the name a few times. We get a, a just a, like a, a very quick ending. Just a... Done. Yeah, no fade out. No fade out. Um, yeah, super good. With that, let's talk about the longest version. Jack White, 2018. Jack White himself. So if you're not familiar Jack with White. Jack White, he was in the White Stripes. Yeah. He you can listen to our Hotel Yorba episode. Rock. Yes, this is very different from Hotel Yorba. Very. Um, the White Stripes, as we have noted in the past, was sort of an aesthetic experiment or like had an aesthetic of this simplicity. Um, and that was something that Jack White played with for a long time and possibly still uses to some degree, but definitely much less if you listen to his solo stuff. Doesn't have mm -hmm. that same aesthetic um, philosophy. Um, and this definitely isn't minimalist. No. Um, this is like this is just very like Jack White doing the blues, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's it was what from some Spotify sessions, so I don't really know how that Spotify studio. Yeah. I don't really know how that works. Yeah, like, so it's just like a studio recording. It's just a yeah. I'm assuming they're just all playing in the studio, kind of like MTV Unplugged. Except plugged except plugged they're plugged yeah <laughs> um, plugged. um yeah it opens with an organ and then we get this sort of distorted guitar that just kind of noodles yeah there's like a lot of that i would say it's like it's like very quick riffs that are kind of muted yeah right and then from there we move into some just muted plucking and then we get a like a heap of echoes on Jack White's vocals yes. when he gets in. There's also an electric piano. So we've got an organ and an electric piano. And electric line. piano, which they will play at the same time later they in will. this song. They will. Yeah, ton of echo on Jack White's vocals. I mean, it's his vocal style. It's what I would expect mm -hmm. from him. Maybe not this they, much echo necessarily, but it sounds like Jack White singing. It's certainly, yeah, it certainly sounds like voice. Jack White. So he does the first verse. The last line is free of instruments. They all stop. And he says, Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Which, like we said, this song's kind of set up for that kind of a thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good trick. Yeah. <laughs> Try turning all um, the instruments down. That's a good trick. Um, and then we get a guitar solo after the first verse. At almost every minute mark in this song, we get another there's solo. A guitar, there's a lot of guitar solos in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, again, fairly Jack White, kind of based around that um, quick, muted playing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of... I, th I think he does a good job here of with his tone. His tone is very strong. Um, yeah, on his guitar or on his, on his voice? His guitar. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I'll agree to that. It kind of has this feeling of like, like there's all this like raw power available, but because he's muting so much, like it's just being held back, kind of. Yeah. Like he's just barely holding on. So that was kind of an interesting thing sonically about this version. Yeah, I agree. I think the guitar tone is very good. Um, the solos themselves are interesting and diverse enough. Yeah, that I mean, that's what you're listening to. This version is six and a half minutes long, and it's a lot of it is guitar solos. Yeah. Uh, it's almost has the feeling of like this being like a blues standard. Yeah. Like we've talked about in the past where you play a blues standard kind of just so you can throw a solo in the middle, and then the rest of it is just you being like, wow, thing. You make my heart sing. And then you just like go into a guitar solo. Yeah. Even though this song is really not a standard. Not not remotely, but it is simple enough that you can yeah. get away with this. And the way although it is I would say different enough just because standards are usually like not much in the way of vocals with like a big chorus, and this was really not that. Other than I guess yeah. the Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole kind of referring. Yeah, it's got like thing. a hook line. Um, so you can treat it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of it. Yeah, it's a lot of like really, like clearly, tone is a big focus of these these artists. Um, yeah. so it's a lot of like very bluesy guitar playing, bluesy organ, bluesy electric piano. There's drums in there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get a good drum roll around the three-minute mark that leads us into another solo, of course. Another solo, yes. <laughs> um, a solo that, in particular, has a lot of high frequency, as I noted. Yeah, that's that seems to be like our, our peak, is that one, because it goes very high. And then after that, we come down with a bit of like an organ sustain, down to some very, very muted guitar. Right. And some sort of ad. He starts doing these ad-libs. He was five foot nothing and never called an asshole. He didn't have a camera. He was five foot something and never called an asshole. What does it mean that he didn't have a camera? That he painted I them? Don't, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then kind of adds his own verse on the end, too. Which is not really. Yeah. Like, he just changes a few things. He says he would dro- drop down the street. That's what the lyrics right. say on the line, anyway. Uh, in his Coupe de Ville, which is a, a different kind of car. This is, um, it is a different And think of, of all the things that you don't want to let spill out of your brain, out of your mind. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of more of the same, although I'm not totally sure. It says, thinks of all the things you wouldn't want to let spill. I mean, so like you're both just thinking it and not letting it spill. I feel like he should be saying the things you wouldn't want to let spill because he's Pablo Picasso. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway. Um... The focus of this song is the solos, I think. And they're pretty solid. Um, I think they're like distinct enough from one another and sort of add to the overall like field of the song well enough. Like it's structured well. Yeah, I would say that's structured well. They are distinct from each other. And no single solo overstays its welcome. There's just a lot not- of them. It's just a lot of them, yeah. So yeah, overall, I thought this one was pretty good. I thought so too. Um, am I gonna come back to it? Probably not. Maybe. I mean, if I'm really feeling like listening to some like Jack White and some White Stripes, maybe. Maybe. Um, 
just because it's a pretty good song generally. Yeah, dog. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, with that, we're gonna get into our final verdicts. We got three categories today. We have the worst version, the best version, and the version that Pablo Picasso would be most fond of. Alex, Oof, tell it's me. It's a good thing I don't know anything about Pablo Picasso. You know he's Spanish. That's what you really Spanish. need to know. Hmm. Uh, Had a thing for cubes. Um, Alex, worst version of this. And he just drew cubes all the time. I don't know. <laughs> this fucking weirdo. I don't know why. Um, what's the worst version? Uh, I think for me, it was Four Year Beard. I didn't hate it or anything, but it was sort of... It was my least favorite, definitely. Um, it was like fine. I'm trying to think of specific reasons. It wasn't bad. It was just I less than the other ones. Yeah, that's fair. I think you might be right. I was prepared to come into this and give it to John Cale, but I do think that, and maybe it's by benefit of John Cale being a professional musician for years and years and years, as opposed to Four Year Beard, who are you know experimental. Emphasis uh-huh. on the mental. Emphasis on the mental. But it's yeah, I, I think I think the four year beard had the the worst performance on this, despite having perhaps the most pieces next to maybe yeah. like the tellers. But and like, like generally being a solid version. I yeah, would it's say. really not bad. There's some mixing troubles, but you know, yeah, I think maybe if they took a second crack at it, they could come out with something better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, what's the best version of this? What's the best version? I think my favorite version was the Teller's version. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. what they did with it. Um, they added some cool sounds. They added, um, they made some good changes to the structure to make it a little more, I don't know, not necessarily more, but to make it different in an interesting mm-hmm. way. And I liked, I liked what they did with it. And I wrote out all the lyrics, too, just so I could know what happened. <laughs> so that's, that was, yeah. Now, yeah. now I could go on to musicsmatch.com, which says lyrics not available, and potentially submit them. But I don't you know if I'm going to do that. You could be a oh, hero. Oh, it's for Spotify. Oh, oh, no, it's not. It can be for Spotify. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah was I your think favorite the tellers... Version? The Tellers, it's it's a toss-up for me between David Bowie and The Tellers. The Tellers is obviously new to me, and so part of my brain is just excited to see something new, and it's right. chewing on that. But the David Bowie version of this is so masterfully done. It's just like, it's David, like, I, probably not a huge effort for David Bowie, but I had to guess. <laughs> it was probably pretty easy to get all the parts together for this. But I really do like that sound. It's got big energy. It it plays nice on the album. It's yeah. I think I'm gonna give it to David Bowie because I'm a coward and too, too scared to put somebody above. <laughs> it's him. also a good version. It's also a good version. Yeah. But yeah, Tellers is definitely a close second. Um. So yeah, best to David Bowie. Alex, what version would Pablo Picasso appreciate the most? <clears throat> what version would Pablo Picasso appreciate the most? Pablo Picasso. You know he likes women. Likes women. And cubes. And he likes cubes. Um, and he is a modernist artist, I guess. Yes. Although I'll admit I don't fully know what that means. Like means I don't he's fully more modern than other artists. What that means. It means he can after other artists and before postmodern artists. Um, That's right. Not very modern anymore, are you, Pablo? No. 
that all the modernists are dead. Anyway, I'm getting off track. What would Pablo Picasso like the most? I think Pablo Picasso would most appreciate the hardworking, fairly established artist who is known for making good creative choices. Um, so I think at the very least he would like John Cale the most. Possibly he mm. would also like John Cale's version the most. So I'm going to say that. That's an interesting choice. I'm going to choose similar for that hardworking vibe. I just read on his Wikipedia page that he is a printmaker. He was a printmaker and ceramicist, among uh, among other things. So, you know, d- did a little work with his hands in a more physical sense. Jack White famously built a guitar out That's of a, like, a Coke bottle and a board. And I think, I, think, I think he would like Jack White. I think Jack White's a little up his own ass. And I think <laughs> Pablo Picasso probably is too. And I think they might... They might like get each along. other for that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. I could definitely Man. see that. So we kind of said the same thing, but for different people. For different people. <laughs> Although and, I will yeah. I am much more familiar with like the persona of Jack White than John Cale. John um, Cale, sure. For fair. some reason I have given these attributes to John Cale as well. <laughs> but and John Cale is closer in time to when, you know True, they could have actually met. Yeah, there might have been some Maybe they did. Crossover. I don't know. I don't know. At the very least, Kale's music might be more palpable based on those grounds alone. Just because it's closer in time. Yes. That's our final verdict. If you've got a different opinion, similar opinion, or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy. You can also hit us up on email. That's CoverMePod at gmail.com. Hit us with your comments, questions, concerns, and, you know, we'll talk to you. We'd love to talk to you. Rate us, review us. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, any other podcast app you want to name. And if we're not there, you you fucking tell me. I'll show you something. I'll show you how to submit a form to a podcast network to put your <laughs> podcast up there. Just you fucking wait. Um, with that, we're going to get to our bonus statement. We've been talking about a famous artist, famous painter, Pablo Picasso. Alex. Are there any paintings that you particularly like? That's a good question. That's a good question. I um I am not often one to really go for like visual arts. Mm-hmm. I think I like things, but to actually like I don't have like a lot of, like prints of specific famous art or anything like that. And I'm not really like, I couldn't see like, I'm not one to tattoo myself either. Cause I'm like, but that means that I would have to come up with something like a design that I like enough to always have on my body. True. Um, artists that I like. That's um, probably even a single painting, Alex. a single painting. So one that I thought think is a neat, a neat painting. Um, it's kind of old school. There's mm-hmm. a painting called the Fairy Feller's Masterstroke. Oh, of course. Uh, which has a uh, I only know about because of the Queen song of the same name. Of the same name, yeah. Um, and it's very busy and like old style. It's kind oh of yeah, it kind of reminds me of the album artwork, which is for the Fleet Foxes eponymous album. Huh. Which is base. It's a different old school painting that one we talked about uh in 2019 it's quite chaotic there and it actually features it looks like an idyllic 
country like painting, but also there's just like people dying and just somebody's like, like stuff. boning a dog or something. Like, yeah, it's all weird <laughs> shit going on. Um, I'm trying to remember when the Fairy Feathers Masterstroke is from. It's got it's like I mean fairy story. They sing about it in the song too. Uh, it was begun in 1855 and worked on until 1864. Yeah, so I always think it's kind of cool. Those old paintings that are, like, really busy, and then they have all these weird-ass details. Like you're saying, like, someone yeah. is just, like, getting stabbed in the dick, and you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, Holy shit! <laughs> just, like, somewhere in the background. It's like, where's Waldo? But dick stabbing instead? Yeah, with just, like, horrific acts. And you're yeah. like, oh my god. So those are always fun. <laughs> Yeah, good choice. Um, that's what I'm gonna say. That's a good choice, Alex. And I'll I'll throw it to you. I'm gonna pick something. I'm just gonna say like Salvador Dali. I've seen some paintings of his. They're pretty sick. Some like weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else because I really don't get into those visual arts that closely. Yeah, I hear you. It's uh <laughs> definitely a blind spot in my my cultural ingestion. Some um, there's some like good comic book art out there. I always like feel oh, Staples yeah. comic book art. But that's not really the same thing. Not not quite the same thing, <laughs> yeah. but definitely worth pointing out. Um, I think that's going to do it for this bonus segment. If y'all want to hit us up with your hot art recos, uh, hashtag, this is my hot art. No, just, just put, just fucking art reco. Art like reco. art deco, but it's art reco. Yeah. So that's that's the hashtag. Yep. Hashtag art reco. Well, that does it for this episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Not on cover me.